0: Welcome to the Banega Swast India podcast. Our focus this season is one health, one planet, one future. Our aim is health for all and leaving no one behind. Because only a Swast Bharat is a Sampan Bharat. I'm Ambika Singh Kama and today we will be talking to someone who has worked for the environment for over 15 years. Her commitment, her passion for the environment and her work shows it all. We have with us uh, Dia Mirza. She's an actor, producer, UNEP Goodwill Ambassador, UN Secretary General advocate for Sustainable Development Goals, and also a global ambassador for IFAW. Dia, thank you so much for joining us today on this very critical issue. We know time is running out. Uh, it is time to act now. I mean, climate crisis is for real.
1: It is an emergency, and action is needed. Thank you for having this conversation, Ambika. I'm very grateful that uh, Banega Swast recognizes that the only way hum banenge swast, jab pariavaran swast ho jayega.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, we've really understood, as you said, jab pariavaran swast ho jayega, ye connection hum jaante hain. Um, It is already very late. We've seen this climate change. You've been speaking for it for so, li- uh, for so long now. Just to start with, before we start taking our viewer questions, How critical is it that we deal with this immediately and tackle it as soon
1: as possible? Well, Ambika, the awful truth is that the climate crisis is an existential crisis. The human species is threatened by the climate crisis. Uh, We are responsible for creating the climate crisis it is anthropogenic activities that has created the rise in the temperature and that is now creating the changes that we are seeing the intensity and frequency of forest fires floods drought cyclones storms dust storms how um, air pollution exacerbates the problem uh, and i think in india itself we are becoming so aware and confronted by the calamities that we're, you know, experiencing collectively. Of course, COVID-19 again is an outcome of our ill treatment of nature, of the fact that, you know, because deforestation, we trade in wildlife, we are bringing, you um, organisms that should be living in the wild into human habitats and this is what has created the global tragedy uh, that we're experiencing. So the climate crisis as the IPCC report which is the uh, most um, accurate intergovernmental report, scientific report says that it's code red for humanity. That we are not just, we've not just led um, uh, you know the climate to see an increase in temperature by 1.5 degrees. But if we continue with the way we are conducting ourselves and continuing the way we run our economies and our industries, etc., we are touted to look at a rise of almost 2 degrees to more than 2 degrees. Um, and the, thankfully, the United Nations has also finally recognized the fact that the climate crisis is a human rights crisis. It's something that jeopardizes and impacts everyone, everywhere. There's no region on the planet that is not affected by the climate crisis. And I think for you and me, grew up in the 80s, um, you know, the climate crisis was a conversation that had emerged had begun to take place. And it felt like something that would happen in the distant future. I don't think we recognized how urgent the problem was and how urgently we needed to deal with it. But our now, this generation that is being born into a climate crisis yes. is going to face the consequences of our inaction. And it really is up to us now to change the way we produce the way we live the way we work the way we you know function as human beings on this planet
0: I mean it's actually a climate emergency and you know sometimes we really think what are we leaving behind for for our children for the future generation uh there we're gonna be we have a lot of questions coming just something I want to ask you um after Glasgow how much progress have we really made uh, in having a plan to tackle climate crisis and sticking
1: to the plan I mean actually sticking to it if I can ask um So I'm actually going to quote the Secretary General here, who in his concluding remarks of the COP26 said that the outcome of COP26 is a compromise. It reflects the interests, the contradictions, and the state of political will in the world today. It's an important step, but it's not enough. There were many expectations that many people had. But I think what we must draw some relief from Is the fact that almost 200 countries adopted the Glasgow Climate Pact Mm -hmm. and um, and not only did they adopt this Climate Pact but it has you know, it can radically alter the global landscape on climate change because for the first time it recognizes the global climate emergency Mm -hmm. and has also cited the recent IPCC findings. Um, it also expresses the alarm and the utmost concern that the human activities have caused this change and the shift in the global temperature and have caused the global warming and um, that the impacts are being felt in every region. Now for 200 countries to acknowledge this fact is a big step because up until now, countries were not accepting and acknowledging that there is such a thing as a climate emergency. At least this pact acknowledges that. Um, The other big takeaway for me from the uh, COP26 is the fact that the, you know, there's an agreement on key provisions of the Paris Agreement rule book, you know, that is a source of contentious negotiations over the last six years. I mean, it was something that countries were just not agreeing on. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, this agreement covers issues around the market mechanisms and transparency and it I think was a very important step. But I feel for many of us who work uh, for the Earth and have were hoping that the outcomes would be a lot more, I don't know, reflective of the fact that we are in a climate emergency. Yeah, because uh, it is a life and death situation. There are entire and it affects country. everybody. It affects everybody. There everybody, are other countries that are going to be submerged under water. Yeah, if we don't act collectively as a humanity, right? So the outcomes may not be indicative of that resolve, that absolute resolve that we are going to fix this. Yeah. But yes, there is, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I feel like COP27, the work for COP27 has already begun. Yeah. And I feel even more so that it's the young people out on the streets, it's the millions of parents and children that congregated at Glasgow and the world over to ask the right questions, demand the right answers and to call this out for what it really was, you know, because we need to hold our governments, our policymakers, our parliamentarians accountable for the inaction, Mm -hmm. right? And if if climate action doesn't feature anywhere in yeah. mainstream media and in as a part of public debate and dinner table conversations, we're not going to see this change. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. Hopefully it will lead to many more mothers yeah. for nature and children for nature. In fact, we're talking
0: about it there. Like you said, it affects each one of us. You also spoke about air pollution right now. As we speak, schools in the capital have been shut down. Yeah, I mean, they were barely opening after the pandemic. Kids were excited. Parents were more excited. Uh, do you think like when it's something like air pollution, do you think
1: the government is doing enough? No, absolutely not. And there's enough evidence of it. I mean, up until five years ago, the government refused to acknowledge that air pollution was a problem. Yeah. Right. We've just about managed to implement uh, systems that gauge air pollution. Levels. Yeah. Um, so it's a long way to go. You have a long and but we don't have the time fine i was just yeah it's That's we need to act quickly. we need to act you know the we have lost millions of lives let me give you an exact number for the number of lives we lost just to air pollution 980000 deaths only in 2019 because of particulate matter yes so air pollution is ranging from unhealthy to hazardous in many parts of the country, has been for many years. We're doing too little to combat air pollution and I think one of the uh, strong, um, you know, like mentioned in my opening remarks that something that exasperates the problem of the climate crisis is air pollution. It makes the situation even worse. So we're not only now getting sick because of a pandemic. It's, uh, awesome. it's now air pollution also that is affecting and harming health, and also makes the climate crisis worse. Worse, it makes the air—you know—it just warms the planet more. More, yeah. we, But the good thing is that we have incredible young people like Vidyut Mohan from India, who has a company who's come up with this innovation um, that can trap. Uh, you know, the particular economic, economy, yeah. agricultural waste, um, this thing and create a, a circular economy with it, help reduce the problem. There are many others, uh, young people who have come up with solutions. I remember a few years ago, introducing a young man who actually traps the smoke, like the carbon from the burning yeah. and uh, creates it into ink. He, yes, so it in it yes, it also comes. It doesn't there. mix with the air, so there are there are solutions. I think what the governments really need to do mm. is to put very stringent measures in place. Of yes. course, help mitigate the problem by adopting these fantastic innovations we have, mm. and you know making them large scale. But the other thing also is to now have absolutely and unequivocably. Hold industries that are polluting yes. accountable. Yes, you know, for how long are we just going to overlook it? Overlook it, and how long are we just going to shut them down for a few months of the winter and say next winter we'll we'll deal with it again? In fact, uh, we we do, yeah, have questions on that. But you know
0: what you're just talking. In fact, let me start taking the questions. Uh, the first question uh, is from Shinevas G. He's asking. Climate change caused by industries, just what you were saying. Climate change caused by industries, what can ordinary people do? I mean, that's again something what you were just saying. For for the normal
1: citizen, ordinary person, what can they, they do for the pollution which is coming from there? Call it out. Name the industries. Find out who the polluting industries are. Call them out. Write to them. Question parliamentarians, question authorities, write letters, Seek change. There is a fantastic group of women in Delhi called uh, Warrior uh, Moms who are asking all the right questions, who are demanding action, who are suggesting changes in policy, who are in yeah, ensure like basically demanding to and invoking the law of the changes that are required to bring about the necessary change. Um, there are many parents who have industries right who run industries yes. they need to start thinking about what their industry their factories and their you know way of working is doing to the health of their own children and the elderly in their own families. So taking
0: action I think that's uh, you know I mean yeah, don't tired. sit
1: it out don't be yeah. quiet I yeah. think what every one of us can do and I hate to use the word ordinary citizen because everybody is extraordinary in their own way when they have the power of using their influence and their voice mm-hmm. and nobody, absolutely no one is incapable of doing so, yeah. everybody can. Um, so the- Sorry, the Rajiv
0: is asking, what steps should we take to improve the climate crisis? Um, again,
1: so I think these are the things that individuals can take. Maybe, you know, Absolutely. you guys. I, I think at an individual level, what we can start measuring is our own carbon footprint, right? And understanding how we responded, respond to the resources that we receive from the earth and how we respect those resources. Yeah. So simple measures that every one of us can take is... Uh, of course, to follow a mostly plant-based diet, to eat less meat, to eat locally uh, grown food, vegetables and fruits, um, to make sure we're eating seasonal fruits and vegetables, that can make a big difference. Um, uh, ensuring we buy more energy-efficient appliances, and you know, reuse, repair, refuse unnecessary. Uh, things that we don't need in our life, maintain a 26 degree temperature in our air conditioners, avoid using air conditioners as much as possible, especially in the months that are not very warm, Mm -hmm. Um, ensuring we we install water check meters in our buildings or our co-ops or Mm -hmm. our independent homes to ensure that there's no wastage of water, taking shorter baths, uh, refusing single use plastics that can really go a big distance, Mm -hmm. Um, buying and using cleaning agents, home products that are, you know, earth friendly, that are not harm they don't have, you know, fossil fuel extracts in them, don't have chemicals in them that are harmful for the earth. Because what's harmful for the earth is harmful to our own health. Yes. Um, managing our waste better, you know, just something as simple as segregating our waste at source at home, in our hospitals, in our schools, and hotels. uh, Mm -hmm. Of course, at an industrial level, it would help so much more. Mm -hmm. Another uh, thing that can make a very big difference is switching from regular CFL bulbs to LED bulbs. So there are many actions that we can take as individuals to reduce our individual carbon footprint, but what can really also again go the distance Uh, Aside from doing all of this, and only given examples that I have implemented in my own life, I don't speak about anything that I don't do myself, Um, is to support organizations that work for the protection of forests and wildlife, Um, call out uh, wrong policy. Every time you hear about a new road being built, or a new highway being built, or um, the government making plants, bulldoze existing forest cover or trees, please stand up and demand that this not be done. Because um, while it's wonderful to plant new trees, and I hope all of us can continue to do that, it's even more necessary to protect existing forests and ecosystems, because we can't do the work that these forests do or have been doing for hundreds of years so I mean these are very small things which you've said but
0: they're very doable I think like you said like you're implementing them if each one of us implement in our lives here
1: we can at least you know tell other people that is imagine imagine Ambika the power of even seven million mothers yeah uh, protecting nature and and becoming yes. uh, environmentalists and saying, I will make my home earth friendly, I will do everything that it is that will ensure that my children can survive, thrive and be healthy because a healthy planet is healthy people. So, dear Anurag,
0: like you said, I mean, you, you put it really well. I think we all are inspired. Every time I speak to you, especially your line about mindfulness, I've definitely started taking that point, what you shared. Anurag Tripathi wants to know how to stop the pollution which has been there in the present situation in some parts of India.
1: Well, we all know what is contributing to air pollution, right? Mm-hmm. So, we need to start transferring, um, basically making the shift to renewables. And in in Ensuring that our transportation systems, our industries, our factories, everything switch to, switches to renewables, and this will require a great amount of public and private support. We will all have to work together to see this through. Because, firstly, of course, it's a very expensive deal. Hopefully, one of the outcomes of COP26, if it actually happens and makes the, you know, the countries that can afford it pay and 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 finance, and finance yes. countries like ours mm-hmm. to for adaptation and mitigation mm-hmm. it can help us make the you know the transformation that is required but I think first and most importantly we have a very robust and a very strong environmental law
0: mm-hmm.
1: if only every industry honored that law and followed the law and didn't do greenwashing and didn't offset and didn't like you know, just completely ignore the law. We would see a big change, and I think then, of course, it, it, there's a lot of work that we can all do to educate each other. We must never assume that people in government know. Yeah. Let's assume they don't know.
0: Hmm.
1: Let's assume absolute ignorance and educate them. Help them understand what their apathy or their ignorance or their avarice or their arrogance and, yeah. is doing to the health of the planet and health of the people. Absolutely. Uh, Manoj wants to know,
0: there are so many questions coming. I'm going to filter some. Manoj wants to know, is India doing enough to tackle climate crisis?
1: Well, it's a, it's a very tough question to answer. But I will say this, hmm. that the Solar Alliance is a very powerful alliance. And if we actually live up to the commitment that our Prime Minister has made about making India as solar efficient as he promises to make India, we can really see a big change. Mm -hmm. But we were also, India was also responsible for, I mean, it's been, we've been accused of watering down the Glasgow Climate Pact pact with saying that, you know, we will phase out coal. Mm -hmm. But all those who understand and know how dependent we are on coal and how much money it will cost for us to actually phase shift. out cold and make that shift. We need everyone, everywhere working to see it through. Because the fact of the matter is that we are 17% of the global population. We do also occupy only 2.4% of the geographical landmass of yeah. the planet, And it is our lives at stake here we are dependent on our natural resources for everything that we have. And if we don't act on climate and if we don't use the energy, the vibrance and the power of the youth in our country to make the transformations that are required. And if we wait till 2070 to do that, yeah, most we of- are not going to be contributing positively towards climate action. So, it will take our collective will and of course, the collective will of the political system to make the transformations that are required. Yeah. And, and them as swiftly as they're required, we seem to continually forget that we have a very small window of opportunity here to make that difference, to ensure we don't cross the 1.5 degree mark. Yeah. The time that is very critical. It is, yeah. it is of a sense. Yeah. But with the energy and the, yeah, with the energy that we have as a nation mm-hmm. and the systemic changes we can bring and the power of the youth and the voice they have, but not just the voice. They're not just, um, they're not just agitators. They're yeah. not just uh, protesters. The youth is solving the problem. They yeah. are, Innovations. Mm-hmm. yeah, the driving innovation, they're driving solution so the governments need to very quickly adopt these innovations yeah because yeah rather than and scale them yeah. because true support scale, them absolutely because true scale is only possible when government institutions adopt the innovations that are necessary yeah. to scale up otherwise privately it can't be done we know this for everything right how has uh, how has the fossil fuel industry Gain the momentum that they had and become a part of every household because governments adopted the the you know created subsidies adopted and measures that the fossil fuel industry was encouraging and and look where it brought us so if we want to make the difference we'll have to scale up by adopting the innovation that is necessary adiya uh, the
0: next question Aska wants to know an individual can take small steps like refusing plastic
1: or turning off unnecessary equipment what steps should the government take now well the government really needs to uh, enforce certain guidelines and uh, ensure that uh, the polluters are taxed they're checked they um, they are stopped uh, we need to implement much better waste management systems in the country. We need to figure out ways to, you know, build on a circular economy. Uh, so much of the waste that we create just is unchecked. It goes, I mean, it's it's entering our waterways, it's polluting our air, our soil. Only 37% of India's urban municipal solid waste is treated. And... Um, and India is the 12th highest contributor to mismanaged plastic waste and projected yeah. to become the fifth by 2025. So there's a lot of work to be done in the waste management space, especially on plastic waste management. Mm-hmm. Um Ganga, our precious beautiful river Ganga, yeah. is among the 10 most uh you know polluted river That's systems amazing. in the world, and 89 to 90 percent of the plastic from the Ganga enters the ocean. Mm-hmm. So whether it is ensuring that no more deforestation happens, whether it is ensuring that no more desertification happens, that we afforest the regions that we can, whether it is ensuring that all new infrastructure is built on the guidelines of uh, eco- ecology and the principles of ecology, and and restoring that ecological balance that we have you know, destroyed. I'll give you a small example, Ambika. If we hadn't, you know, blasted the Himalayas the way we have in the recent past, Mm -hmm. would we be experiencing the landslides that we're seeing? Yeah. I mean, you know, you see a picture of a beautiful doctor one day. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. And the next day she's gone. Yeah crushed by boulders and rocks that the mountain would never have thrown at her if we hadn't, you know, uh, blasted. Anything. Messed around with it. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's a lot of work to be done. And I feel that a, a very big that gap that I feel exists is that there's not enough communication between government and agencies, I really feel that, you know, government agencies need to start working together. together. Yeah. And ecology and environmental protection has to become the heart of every policy and every decision because that's the only way
0: we can move forward. In fact, Dia, I mean, we have so many questions. I'm going to ask you a personal question. Of course, we know how climate uh, crisis is affecting every aspect, not just health, it's food security, uh, even in fact, Yeah, water, every way. Security. And in fact, uh, at the COP26 summit, we had even people talking here, even the whole connection of gender, that women are impacted more. uh, Absolutely. That's again
1: something which we don't talk about. So, you know, yesterday, a day before yesterday, I was doing a live with the Deputy Secretary General of the United Nations and she comes from Nigeria. And I asked her to actually cite... Uh, an example of how the climate crisis impacts women and children the most. And she gave me such a powerful example of the Boko Haram, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, the natural crisis there, the devastation of that lake, the mm. what that led to, how it led to a, a financial that, crisis, mm. how that in turn led to, a, to terrorism, how that affected the women and children in the region. So... When we think about an area, and we are from India, we see these images, we've been seeing them for years. And these images now have become more frequent, right? When we see images of flooding, when we see images of landslides, when we see images of cloudbursts, when we see images of homes being washed away, when we see images of barren land, we see images of women and children And them having to cope with this. Mm -hmm. I mean, take another statistic that I know it was refuted in Parliament, but there are enough NGOs that I work with who have said that it's an absolute fact. Mm -hmm. that because of the COVID-19 pandemic, there was a significant rise in sexual harassment. Yes, absolutely. And the perpetrators were people at home. So physical abuse, sexual harassment there are all kinds of inequalities that are exasperated by this climate crisis. So when we talk about social justice, Mm -hmm. we have to include climate justice. And it's It's a huge thing. Separate from each other. You know, the thing is that I feel as human beings, (laughs) unfortunately, our arrogance, our ego somehow made us believe that we are separate from nature. I mean, not, we've just been harming it. I mean we, yeah, we just because we've built walls and we don't live in the forest anymore it doesn't mean, mean that we don't belong need to it us. anymore. I mean we're a, I, I mean belong to it anymore yeah we are in fact
0: absolutely in the pandemic it just made all of us realize the good thing is yeah we're talking about it. you know the conversation is happening and a lot more people uh, I mean people like you have been working it,
1: working on it for years the consciousness is I feel has gone up definitely but yes, more definitely. needs to be done. You know, Ambika, I'm seeing so many young parents, so many young people Mm -hmm. setting up businesses now that are sustainable, what changing the way we live, the way we consume, Mm -hmm. you know, there are, and we have to celebrate the fact that India is perhaps one of the oldest civilizations in the on the planet, who has understood how to live in harmony with nature. All we have to do is to go back to that way of life. And I'm not talking about regressing, I'm talking about, you know, understanding that urbanization and westernization and globalization, what has caused the climate crisis, what we need to go back to is the virtues and the values that we inherited from our ancestors, which is to worship the sun, because that's where all energy and life comes from and to understand surya devta what this means. absolutely we worship our rivers our our, our soil our yeah. trees yeah. Uh, so we we can't we can't we can't forget that and we need to go back to that and thankfully many many people are you know like you said waking up to that
0: yeah so it's never too late, but yes, time is less. We need to act there. It's always a pleasure to have you on, a, on our show, to speak with you. I think each time we all learn so much from you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having this conversation. That's it on the Banega Swast India podcast this week. If you have comments, queries, or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues you would like us to cover in future, write to us on bsipodcast at the rate ndtv.com. Remember, BSI stands for Banega Swast India. You can also connect with us on Bane India Handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and continue the conversation through the week. Till next week, this is Ambika Singh Kama signing off. Stay healthy and stay safe.